So as you've heard said many times um, this morning that we've been talking about community this year um, and this new series is called A Community Full of Life. Um, so these next few weeks I'm going to share what it means to be a community that is full of life and how can, we can work towards that. Um, so I thought about how we, how we define life. I mean we say life, we know what that means but um, in thinking about defining it, I looked it up and to summarise, you know, it's something that's, that's growing, changing, reproducing, or at least has the capacity to do those things. Um, there are more, more detailed definitions, but that's sort of what I've taken from it for today. So what does that look like in community? I think that it's growing in who we are as individuals. Certainly it can be growing in numbers as a community as well. Changing, doing something different, changing our thinking. Paul says in Romans 12 verse 2, don't copy the behaviour and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So changing and growing is something that, that we can do and God transforms us in that. Um, so what else can growing, changing and reproducing look like in community? It could be taking on new roles changing roles as volunteers, people becoming just more hospitable in who they are and inviting people into their home, becoming less insecure, more bold, humble. You know, reproducing is not, I'm not just talking, we don't, it's not just about having babies. I mean, I've done that. There are many of us here, we've reproduced the numbers in this church by having children and adding to our community. Awesome. But um, <laughs> well done me, I've done my job. Uh, but, but also it's sharing and cultivating what God has done in us and is doing in us um, and in others and sharing that with others. And in a Christian community, reproducing more of Jesus and his character and his love. You know, we want to help make disciples of him um, and bring new life to people who didn't know him previously. So today, um, the, the title of my message this week is Share Your Story. So I want to share a story um, about me that has some lessons in it for me and hope that it help, helps many of you too. So it's a bit of a journey that I've been on um, the last few years and let's specifically cast our minds back to 2020 and I know we try not to remember much of that time but I remember it because I had a new baby um, about a week after everything started shutting down. You know, it was probably a good couple of months before any of my family really even got to hold Eli. And, it, yeah, it was, a, it was not the time that I was expecting to have. Um, it, yeah, it was, it, things played out a lot differently to what I had imagined a few weeks or months prior. Um, but I, had, I, had an, I have an older son as well, so I had two kids. Um, and I imagined going out to the park. Eli asleep in the pram, James going to the park, I go for a walk, he could play at the playground. Couldn't do that because they were closed. I envisaged on the weekend we'd walk as a family down to the local cafe. Again, Eli in the pram. Um, couldn't do that because they were closed. So it wasn't like I thought it was going to be. But even that aside, I found for me going from one child to two was a lot harder transition for me than zero to one. I've heard many stories, people find different numbers, different challenges. Zero to one wasn't too hard for me. It might have had something to do with how well James slept, but um, that's, that certainly helped. Um, but parents would relate that 
often the second child, the second baby is easier because you've done it before. Um, they might be a different baby, and I sure had that. The second baby wasn't the same angel sleeper, but um, he, you still feel this sense of confidence because you've done that before. So, you know, that mantra of this too shall pass, you actually believe that more the second time because you've seen it pass. It was true. It did. This thing didn't last forever. I moved on and it got better. Um, and, yeah, whatever, basically whatever stage and phase your first child is in, and there are wonderful things and challenging things about every age and stage, but the oldest child... It's always the first time for them, for you. Like, you haven't been through that age and stage before. So, yeah, the oldest child is always the one that's the new challenges. So, I had a new baby. James, my oldest, was in the toddler stage and had become more of a challenge than the angel sleeper baby that he was <laughs> before. He triggered, triggers, still does, me like crazy, <laughs> pushes my buttons and... To be honest, I was having a hard time um, and it was the pandemic and we were more isolated. Brendan was working from home for some time, but it was a few months, a good few months, more than, yeah, a number of months later, but he did go back to start working in the office and I think that was when um, I really felt it. I was just so overwhelmed. Um, I felt like I had to do it all and I couldn't do it all. I still can't do it all. We don't have to do it all. It's okay. <laughs> but like, you know, there's feeding a, it's feeding a baby, looking after a toddler, making meals, keeping the house clean, doing the shopping. Um, they're all little things, but I felt overwhelmed and I felt angry and I felt frustrated. And then I felt down on myself for getting angry and yelling at my children. I felt like a failure of a mum. And I know now that that's not an unfamiliar feeling for many of us mums. Um, and I also know that I was doing the best that I could. I really wanted to do well as a parent and um, I spent time trying to work out what I should do to parent my children well, feed them well, etc. I'm, If you know me, I'm quite a researcher. I Google a lot of things, <laughs> which can be not so great sometimes. But I did find some really great information out there, some podcasts, websites, Instagram pages, books... Um, and I did learn some great things about how kids' brains and bodies work and how to parent with that in mind. And some of that was actually doing things a little bit differently than I'd learnt before. And I always looked at it through a lens of scripture and I actually found so much of some things I was learning about were just so much like how Jesus is with us and so much of it was things that I've learnt in church and how we are with, with people. Um, and it just really made sense to me and, uh, like, of course, God made us and he knows how our brains and bodies work. So to, to parent with those two in mind really made a lot of sense to me. But I was kind of alone in what I was doing. I, I feared what other people might think if they saw me trying to connect and empathise with my child in bad behaviour before attempting any kind of connection, uh, correction strategy. And I still worry what people think of me for, for so many things, parenting related or otherwise. And I'm not judging you if you think differently to me or I'm not telling you how to parent. I'm not here to talk about the parenting things I, I learned. That's not what my message is about, um, although I have lots of thoughts on the topic. <laughs> um, but I really want to talk about – I didn't – sorry, at the time, I didn't really want to talk about what I was learning. I wasn't even really talking to Brendan about it for a while. I sort of isolated myself in a way. 
Um, I kept God in my journey, but not so much with others. Um, and that, that did begin to change, um, especially as I began sharing my journey and learnings and my struggles <laughs> with Brendan. But I got to a point where I didn't want to feel like such a failure, an angry mum, and I didn't want to be so overwhelmed. And I decided to seek help. I went to my GP. I got a mental health care plan, and I started seeing a psychologist about two, mo- two, two months, two years ago now, I think, almost. And it's not something I've really talked to many people about, and for some reason here I am telling all of you, um, <laughs> which is not something I expected to be doing, but I do so in an effort to forward communi- go forward in community rather than in isolation. So that's some of my 2020 story and has been an ongoing journey since then. Um, and there was so much other stuff that was going on in that year um, that added to the stresses and the overwhelm and there has been a lot of growth and lessons for me since then too. I still feel overwhelmed at times, um, and but I've often reached out and sought help from others in times where I knew that it might be a struggle. Um, I've also continued to completely stuff up on many days, <laughs> um, but I'm learning about God's amazing grace in those times. So that's a lovely story. Well, not really that lovely. It was hard and sad. And um, <laughs> But what's that got to do with a community full of life? Well, I've learned a few things from my journey and um, some things that I think that I could have done better or differently as well. And while there are so many things um, that we could do, we can all do to help create a community that is full of life, Um, I have four things to share today that I've learnt that can help contribute to that. You know, I think sometimes we think it's the community's job to make this a good community. It's the church's job to put on this or that or try this or that. Well, who, who is the church? Who is the community? We are the people. So, yes, it is the community's job to make this a good community. But that's us, each of us. And we can only control what we do, so it's up to us to be a member of the community who brings life to it. So number one is be open to growth. It's okay to grow and change. In fact, it's good. That means we're alive. If you remember my definition of life, growing, changing, so it's a good thing. I don't have all of the same opinions and views I had a few years ago about many things, Um, But I'm so glad I've grown as a parent and I've grown in how I view other people and myself. Um, It's brought me closer to God and given me more compassion for others and for myself. I've taken steps to grow and change what's going on in me, not just for my sake, but for my family and for others. Um, So along my journey of parenting and personal growth, I have found little bits of community here and there. Um, I've chatted with others who've learnt similar things. I've talked to others with mental health struggles, especially with kids. I've been doing a course with some other mums here um, called Grace and Truth for Mums by a great Christian parenting organisation, in my opinion, um, that do really well at tying in brain science and scripture in our parenting, which, again, I think it's, it's funny the way those two fit well, so well together considering God made us and he knows how our brains work. Um, I think somewhat 
it, it was somewhat selfishly motivated that I wanted to do this course with others because I didn't want to be alone anymore in my parenting journey. But I assumed that if I felt like that, then others must feel like that too. Um, so it's an effort to build community, to grow and change together, to support each other. So as we grow and change, then as a community, we will grow and change as well. We don't want things to be exactly the way they used to be. They aren't anymore the, exactly the way they used to be. Um, I mean, the pandemic certainly changed a lot of things, but even you know, going back to 10, 20 years ago, this church was, was different. We've grown, we've changed. Um, we, want, we want people to do new things. We want to build up and grow new leaders. We want dinner parties to expand, new ones to offshoot from another. We want new teams to be put together, new songs to be sung, new voices to speak to us, more prayers to be prayed. You know, the early church in Acts added to their numbers daily. Growth can, of course, mean a number two. Seeing people come to Jesus and being in relationship with him, making disciples of Jesus is, of course, an ultimate growth indicator. We want to see growth. We we want to see growth and change, and that starts in us. So we need to be open and ready for it. Number two is be humble. Honestly, I tend to learn things and think, okay, well, I now know these things, and everybody else needs to know these things because they're wrong about the other things that they think, and they need to know what I know. Okay, get over yourself, Kirsty. Um, Sorry, with a little bit more compassion towards myself. But seriously, though, Romans 12.3 says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I will give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Psalm 25 verse 9 says, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Honestly, that's a tough one. Anybody else? Like, I like to rely on my own understanding. That's why, like, I, I tend to do a lot of research and think I like to, like, understand it. I want to know exactly why and why this is and I want to rely on my own understanding. Um, but to be humble is to trust God. To be humble, we have to be prepared to be wrong, to believe that someone else might know something that we don't, and especially to know that God does. God knows better. God knows best. You know, there's some of the mysteries that we as Christians can't seem to agree on. God knows, and we need to be humble in our understandings and opinions, even ones that we see as based in Scripture, because plenty of that can be interpreted incorrectly too. So I stand here today willing, kind of, I'm working on it, um, to be totally wrong <laughs> about things that I've said and things that I've learnt because I'm on a constant path of growth and change. Number three is to explore together. So we take that humility as we do this and together we ask questions. We look into scripture and we do it together together. Pastor Chris talked, I think it was at the end of last year before we were even doing community this year about how the Bible was made for community. It's meant to be unpacked and shared and together in community. We are made for community. I isolated myself 
and yes, there was also a general isolation of um, due to the pandemic. And isolation is something that can easily be felt as a mum at home. But I started going on a journey all by myself. Yes, I took God and that's an important part, but he wants us to take others. And I would, honestly, I would genuinely love to have more theological discussions about a whole range of topics with people at the appropriate time, of course. Um, I know there are other people who do that or who would love to do more of that and maybe some of you not so much. To be clear, I'm not talking about heated debates because they're generally very fruitless, um, especially when they stray away from the main thing. I read a quote a little while ago that says, the central truth of Christianity that should, sorry, that all should agree upon is that Jesus is the son of the living God and through his life, death, burial and resurrection, God is reconciling the world towards, to himself. For any issue that falls outside of this central truth, it can be impossible to find a resolution. Christians should seek conversation rather than debates as they don't solve anything. They're more likely to leave each side feeling stronger about why they're right and the other is wrong. It's best to approach from a place of humility and the stance of, I could be wrong. So the most important thing is to honour God. And if the discussion isn't doing that, it's okay not to talk about it and to talk about other things. But this lesson is one of something that I wish I'd done more of in my journey and I'm working towards doing it more. Um, and as I said, I tend to get in the space of thinking, I know this and others need to know this. Um, and then I fear getting into the debate space, so then I just avoid it all, which is not actually helpful. When we have strong opinions, we can often say things like, the Bible is very clear about such and such. But um, you know what? It's actually not very clear about a lot of things. <laughs> Sometimes we think it is, but it's... it's it is about some things, yes, and it is about the, definitely the things that truly matter. Um, and I do want to add that if you find that something's sort of becoming your main thing that you, you, and you really want to talk about that and it's taken you away from the actual main thing, then it is time to check yourself. But it is actually okay and good to, to look into various things and wrestle with them with others. You know, I've listened to podcasts, I've heard... Um, and read various thoughts, opinions, and research on theological standings on various topics, some quite controversial. Um, and I think that they are interesting to wrestle out because I think there's a lot of things that are very nuanced and things that can be interpreted differently and are interpreted differently. Um, and, you know, if you look at... Um, sorry, no, I've skipped ahead. Um, <laughs> but there are a number of things that are interpreted very differently from the Bible and, and while some of the understandings people come to don't totally make sense to me, I can at least try and understand how they've got there. We like to think things in black and white, at least I do, um, and absolutely there's some black and white stuff when it comes to God. But as I said, there's a lot of nuance and I think that's because we're people. And you know what? I think God knows that because he made us. <laughs> Um, and there's a lot of topics that people can be very divided over, not just the big ones of today that you might be thinking of, but just so many things within the Christian church. There are, I don't even know how many different Christian denominations, different church types, different worship styles, different preaching styles, so many things, and it's so, there's so much division just within the church. There's so much division in the world over things too, but 
among God's followers, we allow ourselves to be divided over so much. I don't think that everything was meant to be black and white. <laughs> I wish it was. Um, but God wanted us to wrestle it out and to do so together. And not just to like one time figure out the answer together because some things I think are an ongoing part of life, just figuring it out and changing and growing as we do that. Um, yeah, there's, there's a reason that the Bible is not just a list, a long list of do's and don'ts, rules to follow. Because we could just go and do that on our own, right? Like it only takes one person to, I mean, most people I assume, uh, to take a recipe and go to the kitchen and follow that recipe and make a meal. The Bible is not a recipe for how to be a good person and go to heaven at the end. There's a lot more words in there. <laughs> There's a lot of books in there. Um, 66 of them. Is that right? It's 66. Yeah. <laughs> I nearly said 56. And I was like, no, it's 60. Anyway, yeah, 66 books there. A lot of words. And there's a lot of stories in there. And I think that that's so that we can read them and work it out, wrestle it out, figure things out constantly in the context of relationship with each other. This is good stuff. <laughs> but also we need to be prepared to be wrong and open to continuing to change and grow and learn and be humble. Number four is be vulnerable. Share your story. If it's one big thing I've learned is how important connection is to us. We seek it out. And sometimes the opposite, we're scared to seek it out for fear of rejection. Children, they learn to do what they can sometimes in a not so good way so that they don't lose connection with you as a parent connection begins with sharing stories the bible isn't a recipe or a list of rules it's a collection of stories stories that lead to jesus tell us more about who god is connect us to him as we relate to the many faults of others in those stories and we also in there see how Jesus experienced much of what we go through so that he can hold out a hand of understanding, hold out an understanding and gracious hand to us when we go through those things. So share your story. And when others share their stories, listen, really listen. Be curious instead of judgmental. Ask questions. Have compassion. Be kind. Because when we share and listen, we often realise that others have had similar experiences to us and that they're not perfect either. We learn that we could help someone or that someone is willing to help you. And I'm not just talking about sharing our struggle stories. Share our joys. Share our lessons that we've learnt or are learning. It strengthens connection and it brings life into community. Honestly, I, didn't, I don't really want to be up here sharing that I've had a couple of tough years in parenting and with my mental health. Um, I, didn't want, I was standing here before, I, I would like to go home. I don't want to do this. Um, and, and then I also think, you know, it, it, I know others have had 
have struggled much more than I have. Um, but the reason I'm doing this is in the hope of deepening community. Now, by no means do all of you need to come up here and share. Um, in fact, it's probably more powerful um, and, and probably harder to, to do it in the context of relationships. Um, in some ways, this is easy to just stand up here and just tell a group of you <laughs> rather than having to individually have conversations with everybody. But I think it still is helpful, which is why I, I couldn't... I said to Brendan on the way, I'm like, I can't really share my points uh, and one of them be share your story without sharing a story. <laughs> so, um, but I encourage you to, to share with others. You don't need to come up here and do that. And you don't have to go and tell everybody everything that's ever happened to you. But in the context of the relationships you've got and in this community and outside of this community, share about what's happened to you, what's going on for you. Share your struggles, share your joys, share your lessons. Um, so I hope today that, that sharing mine helps give you the courage to be vulnerable to and share. So let's be open to growth and to change. Be humble, explore things together, and share our stories. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you, Kirsty. Yeah. Deserves a huge round of applause. Thank you for your vulnerability today. Um, I've known Kirsty my whole life, and I'm very proud to know you and call you a friend. And uh, it's absolutely true isn't it? Sharing our stories, being vulnerable and humble is so powerful. You know, I grew up, my mum said, there's a reason God gave you two ears and one mouth. Isn't it true? True. It's so true. We need to listen more than we speak. Slow to anger. <laughs> Quick to listen. I think one of those powerful stories we can tell is how we came to be in relationship with Jesus. And I was only nine years old. And you can go, how does a nine-year-old know? <laughs> we have seen three-year-olds in C3 Kids raise their hand and say, yes, I want to make that decision to follow Jesus because there's something deep inside of us aching for God. You know, on the theme of Romans, in chapter 10, verse 9, says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I think there is just something in each of us knows that we need something more that there's something that we need to be saved from. And I think the world goes, what do you need to be saved from? You're fine. Everything is justifiable. But I think we all know deep down, even if other people aren't aware, we know. We know some of our guilt and our shame or our sin, things that have happened to us, whatever it might be. For me as a nine-year-old, I had no peace. I had no peace. I was a worried, anxious kid. I had no peace. And my mum was amazing. She got me all the help that she could give. But there was a certain point where it was only God who could fill that hole. And that's what it was for me. 
And all we need to do is to declare out loud with our mouth that we believe. And that we believe that Jesus was crucified, he died, he was buried and he rose again. That we believe in the power of God. So if that is you this morning, you're like, I need to say that out loud with my mouth. I need to declare that Jesus is my Lord and my Saviour. I'm at that point in my story and I need to do that. I encourage you to do that this morning. What we're going to do to say it out loud is pray a prayer and we're going to pray it all together. And at the very end of the service, when everything's finished, if you had prayed that prayer deliberately, intentionally this morning, I encourage you, come and chat to me after the service and I can help you on your way as you begin your journey with God. So why don't we all stand? I'm going to say a line of the prayer and I'd love you to repeat after me as we pray. Let's just close our eyes and and focus on Jesus. Today I declare that Jesus is my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe in your power, God. Today I turn from my old ways And I decide to follow you. Thank you for changing my story today. Amen.